At Roswell Park Cancer Institute, our mission is our passion to understand, prevent, and cure cancer. We proudly present another episode in our podcast series, Cancer Talk. Here's Bill Klaproth. If you or a loved one has been given a cancer diagnosis and is facing chemotherapy, what should you expect and what's the best way to manage and get through it? With us is Nancy Bertrand, a registered nurse at Roswell Park Cancer Institute. Nancy, thank you for your time today. Can you first talk about the What to Expect series, which addresses a full range of questions, including chemotherapy issues? Well, I am a registered nurse. Actually, I'm an oncology specialized certified nurse at Roswell Park. I've been here for 23 years. And in that education opportunity, we've learned that the most important way for a patient to be successful in chemo is for us to frame their expectations before they arrive and reduce their anxiety about it. So we, we welcome this opportunity to partake in the podcast so that we can demystify it for people. It seems that Hollywood has a version of... Uh, extreme side effects, um, being uncomfortable. And there is somewhat of that as side effects, but it is not what Hollywood presents. And we really want to make sure that our our listening people have an opportunity to say, oh, I think I could do that. I, I, I think I could get through that and come in with a greater degree of confidence in their own ability. Um, so with this, we can talk about um, just some expectations of what happens. Uh, as their doctors say, we're going to set you up for some chemotherapy and um, and what they can expect while they're with us. So specifically, we can look at um, when they're coming to chemo. They've actually had a visit with the doctor first. And in that visit, the doctors um, have had a conversation with the pathologist um, and the pharmacy team and saying, for this person, the best opportunity for success would be a particular chemo regimen. And they can talk about what regimen, how many times a, day, a week or a month that they'll get that regimen, and then start to schedule appointments. The pharmacy team here at Roswell spends a time uh, with the patient at that moment to say, these are the drugs that you're going to get. And they have long names. They sound complicated. But in effect, um, the expectation is the drug will do its work. You'll continue to be an outpatient, which means you go home every day. You go home to your family, to your job, and you get on with the business of living while you're being treated for your cancer. We call this layering of information almost like a lasagna. The doctor begins the consent process talking about the treatment regimen. The pharmacist comes in and talks about what particular drugs that regimen will involve. And by the time that the patient comes to the chemotherapy center and is introduced to the extension of their family now, they have their loved ones with them, but we become their medical family, those introductions are made, those relationships are established, and it's the nurses then that will carry them through those regimens. And so it's really, really important um, that we layer information so that people don't become overwhelmed. It's very easy to become overwhelmed when you hear the word cancer and it's addressed to you. So at this point, we try to make sure that we have an opportunity to reassure our patients, welcome to our chemotherapy uh, room, and we're going to make sure that you're comfortable, and we'll give you all the information you need to be successful. Well, that's good to hear because a cancer diagnosis alone will shake you to your core, and then having to learn about what they're going to be doing to you and the processes involved, I mean, that's just another weight on somebody. So when you talk about the layering of info, that makes total sense where you just really bring the patient along so they can easily understand the process of what's going to happen. So in that preparation for chemotherapy, Nancy, let's talk about some things that people may not think about, like what should they wear and, and can they drive there? 
Well, actually, this is an outpatient ambulatory setting, as most chemotherapy centers are. And yes, you can drive yourself, but we highly recommend that you bring somebody with you. And the reason for that is that there is an expenditure of emotional labor, not just the physical labor of getting yourself up and dressed and getting to an appointment on time, but your emotions take a toll as well. And so we really feel that it takes a village and it's important to have somebody who loves you with you to make sure that, you know, you stay focused, um, you stay well supported in your personal journey. And then as you get to our care, that person can be in the chemo fusion room with you. And it's not necessarily a mother, brother, sister. Um, it can also be a friend or a neighbor or somebody, but we highly recommend that somebody bring you to your appointments and drive you home from your appointments. One, to address the emotional labor of that, and the other is that one of the medications that we give in a preparation for a patient to receive chemo is an antihistamine, and antihistamines prevent allergic reactions to the drugs, but it also makes you sleepy. So we don't want you falling asleep at the wheel on the way home in the car. So it's very, very important that a driver is there. Now, some people say, oh, I don't need a driver. I'm fine. I tolerate my regimens very well. And that may be true going forward. But on those first initial visits, it's important that you learn how you're going to tolerate your medications and learn how they re- you respond. And then you can make decisions on whether or not you need a driver after that. But it's always fun to have somebody with you because you're going to be with us anywhere from an hour and a half to up. some of the regimens are quite long six hours, and it's kind of nice to have somebody with you to chat with, and, you know, a lot of the patients are bringing a deck of cards, and they're playing cards, or they're they're on their laptops. We're all Wi-Fi accessible here. Um, they're exchanging information with their loved ones. Hi, I'm getting my treatment now, and uh, back and forth with texting, all that good stuff. So it's time well spent. Other people are still working, and they're bringing their laptops and continuing to work um, from their offices from afar. So you'll see people with their headsets on and staying very focused as they're getting their treatment. They're getting on with their business of life as well. Right. And that support is very important for bringing a friend along and good that they can bring uh, laptops and books and other things to do work. You were mentioning allergic reactions. What about eating or drinking before going in for treatment? We highly recommend that people maintain the nutritional status. And one of the side effects of chemo we know is a, a flat taste buds. Chemo affects all of the rapidly dividing cells in the body. So traditionally, that means your hair, that's your nail beds, but it's also your taste buds. And so your favorite foods uh, become not so favorite anymore. And as um, your appetite fails, you may drop a few pounds. And chemo is weight-based. It's actually based on a calculation of how much do you weigh. And so we want your weight to stay steady so that the amount of drug that we offer you also remains steady and in the system. So there is no restrictions on dietary, and we highly, highly encourage fluid intake. The reason for that being is once the chemo has done its job circulating through your body and attacking any tumor cells, we want it flushed out of your body, not to linger around unnecessarily. So it's to do its job and then to be flushed out of the body. And so important that you drink a lot of fluids to allow that flushing process to happen. It also will make you overall feel a little better. You know, and you won't be feeling that rundown feeling that you can get post-treatment. All of a sudden, uh, hydration is uh, a wonderful thing. The body craves fluids. And uh, with that fluids on board, you'll actually have a higher sense of wellness, being able to perform a little bit at home, especially if you're trying to work or raise young children. You just want to feel the best you can feel. So we highly encourage maintain your nutrition as much as you can. Drink your fluids. And when the taste buds become flat, 
um, one of the tricks that the patients themselves have shared with us is if they change the temperature of their food. Um, and rather than having a hot pasta, perhaps have a cold pasta salad or um, put a little more zing in it, more than you would normally do, put a little bit more um, spice. Ginger happens to be a wonderful, uh, well-received taste after chemotherapy because it breaks through that flatness in the taste buds. So ginger snap cookies, um, anything with ginger in it, ginger lozenges, lozenges little um, throat uh, lubrications, all of the help uh, spark the appetite a little bit. Nancy, those are terrific tips. And can you tell us a little bit about the Chemo Infusion Center when people get there? We've just been um, very fortunate to open up a new wing uh, this past summer through the generosity of our donors in the uh, western New York area, and we opened up a beautiful center in the Scott Beeler Tower here, extension of the hospital. It has beautiful views of the city and the lake uh, looking out over overview, and it's very open. There's a lot of windows, um, very uh, accommodating, uh, very comfortable environment. They're their bays, the treatment bays, have a higher degree of privacy so that you're not having people stare at you. And our, our old room was very open and everybody was watching you sleep in your chair and, and whatnot. It wasn't very accommodating. It was, it was an antique compared to what we have now. It's state-of-the-art right now. And in each treatment bay area, is there a, a smart TV so those that are more techno-savvy um, can get on, even onto the Internet and uh, do things more with the TV. Those TVs were donated by a wonderful philanthropist here in the western New York area. Uh, I don't know if I can say his name on air, but we will, Russell Salvatore. He donated the TVs for all of the hospital, not just my chemotherapy. And they have been so well-received by the patients and their family members. They were impressed by the high quality of them. And, um, again, something to pass the time. They can watch their sporting events. We've just gone through a major federal election, and they were able to keep abreast of all the changes going on in the community. And it was just a wonderful thing uh, for them to have that at no charge. So those TVs are available to them uh, and their families throughout the day. So it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing for them. And we get a lot of positive feedback from it. Well, a comfortable setting certainly does go a long way. And lastly, why should someone choose Roswell Park Cancer Institute for their care? This is probably one of the most important points that we want to make about um, coming to a facility. Roswell Park Cancer Institute was the first in the nation of a comprehensive cancer center where they recognized cancer back in the 1900s as the disease of the future and the one that would require quite a bit of research and attention. In that, we've had several uh, National Comprehensive Cancer Institutes pop up around the nation, and, and they're very well known, but we're fortunate to have our center right here in the western New York area. What that means is a comprehensive cancer center is that it's not just your disease that's going to be treated, but all treatment options available to you, um, the opportunity to participate in research um, protocols and building the drugs for the future. Right now, it's not just chemotherapy that's making people's lives live longer. You may have seen the ads on television for the new immunotherapies, biotherapies. They're much uh, more well-tolerated. They're um, very much um, in the market right now for people to be aware of that while chemotherapy may have been very harsh, the immunotherapies are well-tolerated. They're targeted therapies for specific tumor types, and they're getting really good results and offering the most important point here, longevity, survivorship. People are living a very long time with a cancer diagnosis right now, and in that research that happens at a National Comprehensive Cancer Institute is their best opportunity for overall survival and quality of life. And so that's probably one of the reasons why they should be um, looking to a, a National Comprehensive Cancer Institute for their care. In that also is supportive care. 
pain management, palliative care, psychosocial support, case management, financial assistance, all those things that affect a family directly while they're in this journey. And that's all offered here at Roswell Park. So it's not just about your doctor's appointment and the drugs you're going to receive or the surgery or the radiation. It's about everything that touches your life is important to us at Roswell Park. And our pastoral care department is there for um, multi-faith support as well. And so that's what you get when you come to our National Comprehensive Cancer Institute. And that's what the public deserves. Very important points, Nancy. And thank you so much for sharing all that information with us. And thank you for your time today. For more information, visit roswellpark.org. That's roswellpark.org. You're listening to Roswell Cancer Talk with Roswell Park Cancer Institute. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.